0: A Focus Summary of Chapters 52-58 to of Bug Jargal The Negroes stopped in this spot, and Doverny knew it was where he was to die. He spoke words of regret over leaving his love behind to weep for him that were met by the horrible laughter of the Obi. The Obi told Doverny that his only fear had been that Doverny might desire to die. Then, bearing his brown chest— the obi revealed upon it the names Effingham and Dauverny. Dauverny, who had only known one man with these two brands, exclaimed his disbelief that this could be the loyal dwarf Habibra. Unveiling his face, Habibra told Dauverny that he was indeed his uncle's fool, and his murderer. Then, in a cold-blooded manner, he narrated the details of the killing. Dauverny berated him for his disloyalty to a man who had shown him so much kindness, but Habibra retorted that his kindness was the kind you show a dog. For the humiliation inflicted on him, he could feel nothing but the deadliest hatred. Though he was a mulatto and a dwarf, he was still a man, and he desired vengeance. He regretted only that he could not make his tyrant suffer all the tortures he did for so many years." Dauverny then challenged him to explain why, if he pitied the position of the slaves, he did not use his influence to make his master treat them less harshly. Habibra responded that he would do nothing to hinder the white man from blackening his soul with cruelty, because the more punishments the master inflicted, the sooner revolt would come. Dauverny told Habibra to delay no longer and let him die. But Habibra sought enjoyment in the agony of his suspense, and amused himself by telling Dauverny that he had discovered the spot where his wife was concealed, and that she would be swept from the face of the earth by the fire that had been lighted in the forest. Dauverny tried to throw himself upon Habibra, but the negroes seized him and bound him with cords. Then, in the distance, Dauverny heard the barking of a dog. Moments later, the head of Rask appeared at the opening in the roof above them. At Habibra's orders, the negroes prepared to throw Dauverny into the abyss. With a voice of thunder, Bugjargal cried out to his comrades to stop. Recognizing their chief, they prostrated themselves before him, and he ordered them to unbind the prisoner. Habibra asserted that the prisoner had been given to him by Biasu, and that Bugjargal had no right to contradict his orders but when Bugjargal again gave his command, the men followed. Habibra threatened the soldiers with curses that would come down upon them if they did not do as he said, but though his threats terrified them into a moment of indecision, it was Bugjargal they obeyed. Then he ordered them to go and tell Biasu not to unfurl on the mountaintop the black flag that would signal Doverny's death. They left without a word, and the Obi followed them. Fugjargal praised God that Dauverny was saved, told him to return the way he came and meet him again in the valley, and disappeared. Eager to arrive at the appointed meeting place, Dauverny was leaving the cavern through the subterranean passage when Habibra appeared, wielding a dagger. He dashed at Doverny with weapon uplifted, endeavoring to hurl him over the edge of the precipice. Dauverny avoided the blow, and Habibra fell into the abyss. In his fall, Habibra's petticoat was caught on the roots that projected from the rocks, and he clung to them as his last hope for safety, his hat and dagger falling into the gulf below. The slightest push on Doverny's part would have hurled him to his destruction, but Doverny could not commit such an act of cowardice. He determined to leave Habibra to his fate. His voice, broken with fear, Habibra pleaded with Dauverny not to let him die, to prove the masters were better than the slaves, and to show him pity. He begged Doverny to stretch out his hand to save him, and promised that thereafter his gratitude would erase his crimes. His tone of agony made Dauverny forget all and look upon Habibra only as an unhappy fellow creature he could rescue from death. Doverny stooped down on the bank of the precipice and extended his hand. Habibra grasped onto it and with a violent jerk tried to draw Doverny down with him into the abyss. As Doverny struggled to free himself, Habibra declared that he preferred Doverny's death to his own life, and he tried with all his might to drag him into the depths. His knees planted in a groove of the rock, Doverny continued to strive against the dwarf's efforts— and every now and then he drew a long breath and shouted with all his strength the name of Bug Jargal. He began to grow weak and seemed about to succumb to Habibra's efforts when, at the edge of the crevice, Rask and Bug Jargal appeared. Just as his arm lost hold of the tree, he felt himself seized from behind by Rask, who had the skirt of Doverny's uniform between his powerful teeth. Doverny used all his remaining strength to withdraw his hand, and Habibra disappeared into the foam of the cascade and was swallowed up in the whirl of the waters. Bugjargal told Dauverny to follow Rask to their meeting place in the valley. As Dauverny trailed him through the passage, he remembered the dwarfs' prediction that only one of them would return by that road. The Obie's prophecy had been realized. Reunited in the valley, Doverny threw himself into the arms of Bug Jargal. Bug Jargal. explained to him that realizing it was the black flag raised as a signal of Doverny's death that would trigger the execution of the ten hostages, he had returned to try and prevent Doverny's execution. He had arrived in time, and they would both live. Doverny clasped Bug Jargal in his arms and begged him to remain with the white troops— but Bugjargal replied angrily that he did not propose to Dauverny to join his army. Then, in a tone of gaiety, he urged Dauverny to come with him to the camp to reassure Marie. Here, Dauverny stops in his story, covers his face, arises violently agitated, and leaves the tent, with Rask following. In Dauverny's absence, the soldiers share their reaction to his story. Alfred calls it boring, and expresses his distaste for such romances in prose. Pascal says that if it had not been for his pipe and his bottle, he should have passed a dreary evening. They speak with skepticism about some of the details and sarcasm about others. Then, the sound of the sentry presenting arms warns them of Dauverny's return, and they fall silent. Dauverny continues, "'Grasping Dauverny's arm and trembling,' Bugjargal told him to listen. They heard the dull sound of a distant cannon shot. Bugjargal sprang to the top of a rock, and Dauverny followed. Bugjargal, smiling sadly, pointed to a peak in the distance that was surmounted by a huge black flag. Dauverny learned later that Biasu, in a hurry, had ordered the flag to be hoisted before receiving notification of Dauverny's death. Concluding that this cannon-shot meant his ten comrades were being led to their execution, Bugjargal told Dauverny to go to his wife and said that Rask would lead him. Then he bade them farewell and dashed into the thicket. Rask stood howling on the spot from which his master had disappeared, and then dashed off in pursuit of him, with Dauverny following. At this point in the story, Dauverny's voice fails him, and he asks Thaddeus to tell the rest. Thaddeus begins with a halting apology for his own prejudice against Bugjargal, for failing to see he was braver than any man in the world, except Dauverny. It was Thaddeus who had informed him that his death would pay for Doverny's, and if he escaped, ten of his men would be shot by way of reprisal. So, when they saw the black flag hoisted on the mountain, Thaddeus led the men to their place of execution. There, Bugjargal burst upon them, unbound his comrades and assumed their place. Rask dove at Thaddeus's throat, but Bugjargal made a sign to the dog to release him. In a rage and thinking Dauverny was dead, Thaddeus called the order to fire. Bugjargal fell, a bullet broke his dog's foot, and another hit Dauverny as he was running forward to save his brother. But Bugjargal was dead. Thaddeus concludes his story by saying, He spared my life, and it was I who killed him. In the note that follows, the author addresses the reader directly, expressing a suspicion that the reader will not be satisfied unless he winds up all the details of the story. Marie, he reminds us, was saved from the horror of Fort Galifay, only to perish in the burning of Cap. Then, returning to the scene of Dauverny's storytelling, He tells us that the day after a great victory had been won by the French Republican forces, a representative of the people demanded an audience with the general in command. The citizen representative had come to tell him that not just the foreign enemy, but the enemy at home must be crushed. He asked the general if he knew of Captain Leopold d'Auverny and called him a serpent and an enemy of the people. He read to the general a report in which Dauverny was accused of telling an anti revolutionary tale, of using expressions forbidden by good Republicans, and in doing so, of bringing contempt upon the Republic. The report concludes that Dauvergne deserves death. In contrast to the citizens' report, the general then read an excerpt from his own. It told of how Dauvergne contributed to the success of the army by leading an attack in which his death was inevitable he was shot down in the moment of victory, and Sergeant Thaddeus and a dog were found dead beside him. The citizen would denounce him as a traitor, the general held him up as a hero, and thanked God he escaped infamy with death. Then he told the citizen, with bitter sarcasm, that perhaps he could still find Dauverny's body among the ruins, and discover whether the army had spared his head for the guillotine.